Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. When the attack began, our first reaction was to lie down and be steamrolled over until the queries were exhausted. But through your program, I finally learned to push back without being abusive. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zong, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong, and I am so excited today to welcome... Victoria Evans, this is a really, really, really a special treat for me because I love, love, love welcoming people who have been transformed. This is absolutely my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do and is meet people who are from my community because this is my mission. This is my passion. This is why this is my why. This is why I get up in the morning. This is why I run to do what I do every single day. You know, I say that, you know, I used to, you know, not be so motivated every single day. Today, you know, every day now, I love what I do because of people like Victoria. So I'm so excited to welcome you here today, Victoria. This is, uh, you know, my absolute most favorite thing to do is meet people like you. So Victoria is here with me today. So first of all, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Rebecca. And and let me tell you people a little bit about you. Thank you. So you are from the Bay Area. You have Mm -hmm. a bachelor's in finance from UC Berkeley, which is Mm -hmm. an incredible school, obviously. And you did your graduate work at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And you are now a a sixty one year old housewife. Yes, but you manage seven family entities, which that's <laughs> amazing. I don't even know what, what that could possibly mean. That sounds like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Over uh, the last twenty years, it is a pleasure to have you here. And you. You came to us because you said that the Slay program changed your life. So, uh, you know, before we even, I want to hear all about that. Talk about, talk about that. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. First, I'd like to say I admire you because your Slay program is thorough, practical, and delivered with strong encouragement. The specific benefits to me were to learn how to create documentation and to learn how to push back. Also, two parts of your program delightfully surprised me, the packet to hand to my lawyers and the you section in which you get into details of emotional vibration frequencies and suggest we keep a log to aim for higher emotional vibration frequencies such as enlightenment. Mm, thank you. Mm. So. I want to hear about your story 
you know, how did you even come to need the slay program? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that you mm-hmm. were facing attack and dealing mm-hmm. with some narcissists in your life. So mm-hmm. talk about that. About 10 years ago, Rebecca, our real estate property manager, Bob, helped me to persevere against an electrician who scammed me. We recovered some of the money from the electrician's bond. Bob taught me a common expression from the 50s. There are snakes and bunnies in this world, and you bunnies need to learn how to recognize those snakes. Only recently did Bob's command come to be. My husband is a financial advisor, Rebecca, and along with his 125 clients, he manages accounts for most of my family's entities. Our father had tried with each of my three brothers to have pop and sons, but the relationships blew up one by one. My mother reported that my father basically ignored me until my 30s when he said I had to work in his office once a week if I wanted the money he was giving me. We were raised in a blended family of five kids and were dependent upon the money at the time. Plus, my early conditioning was to do my father's bidding. I wrote a short poem titled, Frank Rot Me, about how I came to be my father's paper slave. After our parents' parents' deaths, my three brothers' pent-up anger exploded onto me. Mm. To protect myself, thank you. To protect myself, I asked my brothers via email to communicate only through lawyers. The request was ignored, so I had my most aggressive brothers' unwanted emails automatically directed to a folder. Wow. I could see them continue to flow in and occasionally accidentally read one. They were intended to harass me. Mm. I ended my relationship with that brother nine months ago. I told him that I would never talk to him or see him again. He then went into high gear with a revenge campaign. Oh, yeah, the smear campaign. Mm. Through your slave program, you taught me to be organized in a specific legal way to fortify myself against the attacks. I store proof of the narcissist's wrongdoing in a harassment binder. I still shake a bit, but only briefly because now I have a system. I print out the email, underline the date, and handwrite next to the text, misstatement, lie, or bullying. I simply three-hole punch the document and file it under the correct tab in date order. The most important outcome of the documenting system, Rebecca, is that when I first read the communication, although I do have a knee-jerk reaction of wanting to defend myself, I now play a game to search for patterns. As you taught us, I am spinning straw into gold. Mm. I just think that image yeah, stays it's with the patterns. Me. It's looking for the patterns, mm. right? Yeah. Mm. Once the email is neatly filed in the binder, the abuse doesn't get under my skin, and I am freed from the circular talk of defending myself in my own brain. Mm. Now I'm glad that I have many unwanted emails to study so I can find patterns to anticipate his plan of attack. And I observed three patterns. First, the narcissist bullies daily. Someone, anyone, like a drug habit, 
Sometimes he gets sloppy like he is under the influence of a drug with misspellings and grammar mistakes. Second, the narcissist reveals his tactical patterns. Provide to my lawyers all documentation, electronic or paper, all statements, records of conversations, notes, every scrap of paper you have since the conception of the entity to my lawyer. You committed fraud. You misappropriated money. You owe the entity so much money. Very musical, which I'll bring up later. Intimidatingly, he copies his emails to lawyers, accountants, family members, and employees. The advantage to me is that because the narcissist hurls multiple complaints and requests, and often nonsensical, his arguments become diluted. Yeah. Third, go ahead. Did you want to say? No, I was just going to say, it's like every time they do something bad, you Mm -hmm. just say, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) You look detached when you, you know, you had a downward gaze. You were detached from that. It's good. You become, you should get yourself detached. One should. Uh, Third, the narcissist reveals his leverage. How come such and such a transaction was made in such and such a way? Now I can stay ahead of the game. I find the supporting documentation before handing the next several hundred page packet off to my lawyer. One example of an attack. For the smallest entity, the narcissist accused my husband of forging a signature for a payment of $2,100 for my work over the life of the entity. The narcissist reported 14 accusations to the financial industry regulatory body. I realized then that my brother is a malignant narcissist, which you describe so well in your slave program. You actually created the clarity for me on that. He wants to destroy us by creating financial ruin. Eight months later, Rebecca, the formal complaint was settled for a few thousand dollars. My husband now has one minor disclosure over his 36-year career to which he responds, I deny the allegations of this family member's dispute. Straight from your program. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you. When the attack began, our first reaction was to lie down and be steamrolled over until the queries were exhausted. But through your program, I finally learned to push back without being abusive. And to do this, I picture your hands pressed against one another. Remember that part, Rebecca? Yeah. Yep, exactly. New to me. It's empowering. Rebecca, my brother is past the point of protecting his reputation. And he has very few relationships left. He is in it for the fight, plain and simple, not the money. My leverage is that, which I had to think through carefully with your paperwork, took me like two weeks of really hard thinking and talking with your counselor. My leverage is that the power is not something I covet. My goal has always been to uphold the wishes of the grantors. Mm, Perfect. And how do you cope with this aggression? Mm -hmm. My motto is believe in love. I fortify myself with an image of fighting with my narcissist brother in a boxing ring. Our lawyers are represented by our gloves. 
I return to my corner to get shoulder rubs and encouragement from my loving relationships, while the narcissist returns to his corner alone to seethe in his own acid. Yeah, they have to continue to live with themselves, right? Mm, mm, well said. Our mother was a hypochondriac narcissist. She was born pretty and delicate, but her poor mind was squeezed in a vice turn by turn. Our mother's mother wished that our mother hadn't been born and threatened her with kitchen knives, setting the stage for me to spend decades angling for my mother to find me precious. In the last year of her life, I realized that my mother would never love me and became an observer of her abuse. Just like there is a critical period for the developing brain to learn how to talk, I think there is also a critical period to learn how to love. Our mother never learned the language of love. I wrote a poem about this titled, My Gorilla Mother. Our father was a domineering and complex man. I studied the Holocaust for 30 years as a metaphor to figure out how he could unfairly rise to power. I arranged for survivors to speak at my children's school, gave speeches to introduce them, and took my family to a concentration camp. Mm. Despite all this, my brain remained confused. Our father was both, both abusive and fiercely loving. He was intelligent enough to see that he had a problem, but he didn't know how to control his anger. In the meantime, our father was successful outside of the family, in business, friendships, and rugby teams. He had a push-pull relationship with love because his mother died when she was 14. Our father rejected females, but underneath that was fear that they would die on him. In the end, however, he surrounded himself with females. The tension in the home trickled down, Rebecca. My brother and I used to climb on our dog's back and gleefully bite her as hard as we could. I was amazed that Clooney never turned on us, but she bit the milkman and the mailman and had to be put down. I remember lying down with Clooney in the back of the teal-colored interior of our station wagon, embracing her dear, dearly during her last precious moments alive. One of my brothers told me that due to a lack of love in the home, he spent time at girlfriends' houses. I also cultivated loving relationships outside of the home. Even though we didn't have enough love in the house and withholding it was used to manipulate us, we did experience love from our father and relatives. It felt good. I knew I wanted to get more of it, so I looked outside of the house. I didn't get mad because of the scarcity of love. I just worked to fill the void. I crave love so much, Rebecca, that I will put up with a lot to keep it. I don't give up on romantic relationship problems. Love is the best feeling in the world. I think of my narcissist brother and how deep down maybe he is seeking unrequited love from our parents. I think love should be interlaced in all levels of Maslow's hierarchy because a lack of love can create psychological problems threatening our survival. Recently, I had concluded that you can't love yourself 
unless the mother inside you loves you. I wrote a poem about becoming my own mother titled, I'm Weary. Whenever I feel vulnerable, I reach out for a dose of love. Recently, I took my family on a trip to visit extended family and friends with whom I had cultivated loving relationships. But this time, love wasn't the answer. My brother had somehow taken a hold of my mind, and I couldn't shake it out no matter how hard I tried. Yoga, narcissist videos, walks in nature, nothing worked. Mm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to let them go, you know? I mean, mm. so your motto is to believe in love, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it didn't work for you during mm. this onslaught. So how do you conquer your negative self-talk, Victoria? Oh, Rebecca, thank you for asking. Our mother got herself admitted into hospice thanks to her fake cough. She still wasn't dying after two years, so she did physician-assisted suicide at the age of 86. Her caretaker asked her if something was going on psychologically, and our mother answered, yes, and later said, I hate my mother. Mm. I, mm. I think our mother's psychological issue was the message her mother had embedded into her brain, the same message that I have and that I suspect my brother has. Mm. I hate myself. I want to kill myself. Now, Rebecca, I don't hate myself and I don't want to kill myself, but I held on to that secret habit until my brother's harassment overwhelmed me and I decided to face the problem head on. Mm. The first level of voice freeing was to eject messages from the back of my brain, like cassette tapes. This took place automatically after our mother died. A dear friend of ours, a well-known black jazz musician, describes the same location in his brain where the racist thoughts are lodged. He told me the story of a black girl who swam in a pool, so they drained it. I asked him, where he feels the racist thoughts, and he pointed to the same place in his brain that my mother's messages were lodged. Likely, my brothers had the same affliction. The second level of voice freeing was to let my brain fill in where it had been stunted. If my brain were a toaster, where the toast would be put in, I feel exciting growth. I began to think new thoughts, say what I was thinking, and to be courageous. Have you ever seen the porous inside of a dead animal bone? It felt like that in my brain. Brain material filled in the pores. The third level of voice freeing was to face the deeper voices. The ones I didn't remember being put there. The ones that cut through both halves of my brain like scythes. In the morning, while sipping my tea, I began by count out, counting how often I said that awful message to myself. It was two to six times an hour, depending upon my efficiency and productivity. I discovered the voices occurred during a spare moment of non-concentration. 
My whole adult life, Rebecca, I ignored the voices like swatting gnats away from my face by overworking, concentrating, pushing through. But this recent loud attack of huge red-eyed flies could no longer be ignored. I turned my gaze to the treasure chest of slithering snakes and creaked open the lid to examine the patterns of my memories. I examined the behavior patterns of every family member. With the help of Sam Vaknin's videos, I was able to string together what I thought was isolated events and behaviors into patterns. I resisted some odd behaviors until the very end. For example, one of my brothers occasionally loved bombed me with amazing presence. I now think that it was so that he could hook me back to abuse me, not to apologize for abusing me. Still, this exercise didn't extricate my malignant narcissist brother's controlling thoughts. The fourth level of voice freeing was to accept the narcissist's theme of death. As described by Sam Vaknin, life threatens them. I know a lady whose narcissistic mother slapped her for starting her period. When my mother found out that I had sex at the age of 19, she cried out and pulled out her hair. It's not uncommon for targets to have thoughts of death. We can feel like a zombie walking through life but not owning it. Or like birds are chirping in our head. Or like we are the subject of a voodoo doll. Sam Backnick explains how the narcissist gets the voices into your brain via song-like repetition. My mother wrote in my baby book that she cooked duck l'orange on the fateful night before my birth. She also wrote that I used to sing, I will forgive my mommy when she dies. You can be sure that my mother taught me that song because three-year-olds don't know what death is. I believe that my mother implanted my negative self-talk. My brother certainly knew the death themes to repeat. Shortly before I discarded him, he emailed me extensively about a girl who had been murdered in our neighborhood when I was eight. We had never talked about it. He had stored it away as a frightening memory he knew lived in my brain. Later, I imagined lying down at the forest's edge at dusk to let the animals chew me to death. Last, one of my children told me with quivering lips that he had a nightmare that a vampire mom version of myself killed my mom's self. The fifth and last level of voice freeing was to write down my new positive talk. I had a three-week transition period after I first found the key to unlock my handcuffs. There were still depressions in my wrists, but now I never say those horrible words. It's over. From deep within my brain, not forcing it, I said, I'm sorry to myself for leaving on my office van overnight. I found myself saying, I love myself after a nice family dinner. And you got this, Rebecca Zung style after a long paperwork day. Such joy. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. And, and I, I'm careful, and this is in my book too, not to use the word victim because we are not victims, we're, we're targets. Because I want to say they're predators. 
Back to school season is coming up, which can be difficult for those going through a divorce, especially when child safety is a concern. And here in Negotiate Your Best Life, my mission is definitely one to help divorce couples prepare, especially when narcissists are involved. And as you all know, I've partnered with Soberlink for a long time. And Soberlink is a system which helps with alcohol monitoring. It includes a breathalyzer device with facial recognition. It allows you to receive real-time updates and help co-parent so that, you know, monitoring can be involved anytime, anywhere, swift intervention to improve child safety. And they're offering free packets right now. Go grab them. They've got checklists, communication tips, and more. Get your free packet right now. Soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. No matter what you say, they got it either better than you or worse than you. You've been around this person. And now we return to today's show. I want to ask you a um, question. I mean, I just want to know, because I want to just kind of explore some of your your actual, like some of the feelings that you had too, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think, I think it'll help to um, talk about how you felt, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how, you know, how you felt. I felt mostly embarrassed, Rebecca, that I would have thoughts like this, and I kept it a secret until just now. I was embarrassed to think such awful things. How could I treat myself like that? Yeah, because I, yeah. Think, I think that that's what people will really resonate with. Sure, you go know? for it. Yeah. I felt embarrassed and I hid it. Yeah. Because everybody. And I'm a very open person, too. Everybody feels that way. This was way, way back into my uh, brain's development. She got me while my brain was being developed, Rebecca. How powerful is that? Everybody feels that way. Mm. Everybody feels that way. Thank you. Who ha- has been a, 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 a target of narcissists. Every, it's hard to stay strong, yeah. Every single person. Thank you. And that's why I want, wanted to ask you that question. I'm glad you did. That's underneath it all. Yeah. That's their power. That's their power is having you 
feel ashamed. I had another message about I messages about shame. Yeah. Too. She had messages about shame. Person feels that way, and you know. So I. That's the beginning of my book. Is how people feel. You know, and then how you want to feel, right? Mm -hmm. And And I'm 61. Rebecca, age has almost nothing to do with it. You have you have a fully developed brain, but until yes, you're still back in that place, right? you know, you're still five or you're still whatever it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until you, until you heal that trauma. Um, because it's your, your whatever age you were when you were traumatized and um, until you go back and, and the 61 year old, he, you know, speaks to the five-year-old version of Victoria and says, you're okay. You're safe. Um, and yes. Yes. You know, and, yes. um, and, and that's what needs to happen in order to heal. Mm, I um, love that you, that you brought up this uncovered yeah. feelings. Thank you. Yeah. And so I, that's why I wanted to go. Um, and in the safe, in the safe area, sorry to interrupt you, but you brought up, had me bring my feelings within the safety of the community. Right. Yeah. But so often I'm in protective mode. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's so important that we we are vulnerable and share that because we all, and, and I, I'm careful, and this is in my book too, mm-hmm. not to use the word victim because we are not oh. victims. We're, we're targets. Okay. Because I Thank want you. to say they're predators. Mm. They're mm. predators. They prey mm. on... Mm us as victims and yes and and so we're not victims because we don't stay victims we we can heal but they pray what do you think about saying that we are victimized but not victims? We're victimized but we're yes we are victimized but we're targets. is that right okay yes we're you know they target us mm-hmm. and so i i really prefer mm-hmm. to use the word target i like um, it i will from now on yeah um, and so that's why I wanted to ask you how you felt. Um, and you know, embarrassed you, that I would treat myself like that. Yeah. Or what, but now, you know, when you know better, you do better. Mm. Like my Angelou says, mm. right. Um, and that's why I, I wanted to ask you, um, and I want to go to your question of reaching freedom. Oh, you know, because I think that that is really the more important answer. Okay. You know? Ooh, okay. We can go to reaching freedom. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the, that's where people want to be. It's like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel, how do you feel when you're targeted, which Mm -hmm. is the, the shame and and like they make you feel like you know you're nothing or you're worthless or you're this or you're that because that's how they want you to feel. Oh yes, they do. Right? But how do you want to feel? Where do you want to go? How do you you want to feel joy? You want to feel whole. 
You want to feel complete. You want to feel at peace, right? And so that's where I want, and that's really the you in my sleigh. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, I want you to, to slay narcissists and I want you to win. But, you know, that's why I, I create this whole area of the program about really focusing on you. It's very well done. Right? So talk about now that Reaching freedom. Free. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, there are snakes and bunnies. They recognize us, but we need to learn to recognize them. The snakes want to use you then squeeze you, choke you, and finally swallow you whole. One commenter wrote, run away like your house is on fire. You will have lost invested time and special items, but save your precious self. On the eve of September 11, 2002, I expelled my brother's hold on my brain because I faced those deeper voices and accepted the narcissist's theme of death. Before my freedom, the world's objects felt like barriers. Objects below me and around me were hard. I felt wedged between the surfaces of the ground, bushes, walls, everything. Once free, I had a dream that I could perceive a new type of space through a huge wall of jungle trees. The surprising outcome of my freedom is that I now feel enjoyment. I had always believed in socializing and fun, but I defined it as a task. The feeling of enjoyment is new. Warm, swirly, floppy. I feel not excited like getting married or having a baby, not revved like taking on a new project, but relaxed. The couch I am sinking into is comfortable, pressing against my back, supporting me. I am part of the world now, no longer shifting in and out of wedges. I guess I could say that I feel like one with the universe for the first time in my life. Before my freedom, the open sky held possibilities and hope. When a family member announces a sunset, we rush to admire the changing colors. Clouds carry fresh rain, airplanes journey, remote stars twinkle. As a community of sufferers from narcissism, we can look at the steadfast moon and send hope to each other. Look at the sky. Think of your freedom. You can do this. I wrote a poem about the journey of freeing myself titled Sweet Liberty. Harriet Tubman made her way to freedom via a complex organization of private homes. Then I list the people who helped me along my journey. I end my poem with, when Harriet reached the border into freedom, she looked down at her hands and they were the same hands, but there was one difference. They were free. Mm. Yeah. Free. How does that word make you feel? Like the rest of my life is going to be so much better than the previous lifetime was. It does make you feel inside when you hear the word free. Feelings, feeling inside of free, joyous, Mm. fireworks. Yeah. Like giving yourself permission, right? Mm. Mm. 
ownership of myself. Yeah. You have a voice. Mm. Give yourself permission to have a voice. Hmm. Nice. It's growing. Yeah. So where do you um, have your poems? If people want to see your poems. Narcissist-poems.com. Go check out her poems. And I want to ask you, uh, do you think that my slave program helped you save money on attorney's fees? Oh, heaven's sake, Rebecca. I have more than one attorney. And uh, one of them is so smart. But I'm familiar with narcissists. And I kept on bringing up the word narcissist, saying I was studying narcissist, saying I was being comforted by the videos. And he said, stop watching those. It's not good for you. And I thought, I can't stop. I've got to figure this out. And eventually I brought it up so much and I brought in your packet that now he just walks the walk and talks the talk. For anybody looking to purchase the SLAY program, this saved me literally thousands of dollars in attorney fees. So... Thank you so much, Victoria, for joining me today on Negotiate Your Best Life. This was amazing. You were amazing. And I mean- You were supportive. uh, Thank you so much. And you were, I, I mean, I'm so grateful to you and so grateful to that my program was able to help you. And I, I mean, I'm just so grateful that- um, you know, that now you're living your best life and negotiating your best life. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 